Hello and welcome to Wash Day Talks. Here we talk about realistic, respective and authentic content. We speak about insightful and interesting things. Stay tuned and thank you for clicking on this podcast. Hey yo, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast episode and welcome to another episode of Wash Day Talks. So today we're going to be talking about a topic, well, is it really a topic? It's the title, and the title is Life Goes On. So before we even get into it, I just want to say that I'm really stepping out on the deal of faith today, because before I form every podcast episode, I do a sound check. So I record like 10 to 15 seconds of me speaking to see how the microphone is working. And for the past like five sound checks, the microphone keeps on croaking and scratching I don't know what's going on maybe because I dropped it last week (laughs) so I'm just I was tired of doing sound checks I was changing the volume changing the distance changing the height unplugging replugging and I just thought you know what we're just gonna film I mean record even if it sounds really croaky I'm just gonna use faith and believe that this is gonna turn out great because I'm tired of doing sound checks And I'm not even going to apologise in advance for if it sounds really bad because I'm believing that it will sound great. So our topic is called Life Goes On. And as I like to do with a lot of podcast episodes, I like to talk about how I thought of this idea, what prompted me to think of it. Because I feel like the root of an idea really helps explain it a bit more. I was reading a webcomic and... I always talk about webcomics in every podcast episode. I was reading a webcomic and one of the characters got sick and the main character was like, oh, I remember my professor taught me years ago that the cause... No, what is it? The cure for every sickness is always in its cause. And I was like, damn, that's so true. Like, the cure for cancer you'll find it by looking at what causes cancer. The cure for, let's say, diabetes, look at what causes diabetes. When you're looking to change something, look at how it started. And that really resonated with me for some reason. I felt like it was something that I could apply to so many different areas of my life. What is the root of this problem? Look at the cause of the problem of how to stop it. I am procrastinating. How do I solve procrastination? I don't just treat the symptoms, I treat the cause, the root cause, anyway, tangent. So that's why I want to talk about the backstory. That does not even connect to what I want to say anyhow. That has like no relevancy, but it's a nice piece of information. Anyway, back to life goes on. So a while ago I came across the realisation that the world doesn't revolve around me. (laughs) You know what, it sounds really basic. And one thing that I really like is that you can have knowledge, but you don't always internalise it. So you know that how to build healthy habits, so you know what to eat and to do things that are right for you. But because you don't internalise it, you never fully live by what you know you should live by. So I know that I shouldn't pick up my phone and start scrolling through social media as the first thing I do when I wake up. I know this, but I haven't internalised it, so I don't live by it. It's just a piece of information flying in my head that I can regurgitate when someone asks me, but it's never shown in my day-to-day life. 
So why was I going? Yeah, I came to the realization that the world doesn't revolve around me. Like the, the hardcore realization that, whoa, I'm just a single being in the world that what happens to me does not necessarily affect everyone else. I'm not the main character. I'm only the main character of my own life, not anyone else's. And yeah, that really revolutionized, I guess, the way I acted for about a week. And I forgot it. <laughs> and I went on. And I think that's because we're naturally egocentric. We like to see things from our point of view and it makes sense. It just takes more time and energy to go and look at everyone else's point of view. So we often forget that other individuals are just as complex as us, that they too make mistakes, they get irritated, they have bad days, they have personal struggles. They're every bit as human as we are, but we still seem less tolerant of their shortcomings and of their problems than we are of our own. And we often expect life to stop for us when things are going bad, but not for them. So let's give an analogy. So you are running late for a very important meeting and you have a bus to catch and you are praying, hoping, wishing that that bus will be late so you can catch it and you're running and you see the bus driver, but the bus driver's at the stop already. And you're hoping that the bus driver will just wait for you and give you enough time to run and catch a bus. Have you ever been in that situation, secondary school, That was my secondary school experience. Like I would have to, my bus came at 27 past, I would finish school at 25 past. And teachers would always be like, the bell doesn't dismiss you, I do. And I'm like, miss, you don't understand. Like if I miss this bus, it's gonna take me an hour to get home, please. Like I used to live far from my secondary school. So ridiculous, well, not so ridiculously far. If I were to walk from my house to my school, it'd be like an hour. So what I used to do is I would like walk 20 minutes, get a bus, get another bus to school, or walk 20 minutes, get a bus and walk like 20 minutes again. So if I missed that one bus, which would just make me walk 10 minutes home, like get that bus and walk 10 minutes home, I would have to walk 20 minutes, get a bus, walk 20 minutes. I was like, I can't, I can't. Like every morning after school, I was just tired. So I used to have to run for that bus. And a lot of the time the bus driver would see me running, but he would not wait for me. And I used to be like, why can't you wait for me? Don't you understand? I got things to do, but, but the world doesn't revolve around me. So now put yourself in the shoes of someone who's on that bus and you're running late for a meeting as well. And you want the bus to get to the meeting as quick as possible. But the bus driver keeps stopping for people who are running or who are late. And you get frustrated. Like, why can't the bus driver just do his job and carry on driving instead of stopping for all these people who are wasting time? Because you want things to run a certain way to suit your own agenda. This is a long analogy. But basically what I'm trying to say is most of us, if you're like me, have both been the person running for the bus and the person sitting on the bus. And we both want the actions of others to suit our own needs and preferences because we believe that we're the main characters of this story and life needs to revolve around us. When I'm sat on the bus, I want everybody to get on the bus quickly or sometimes I don't even want people to get on the bus. I just want the bus to get to where it needs to go and drop me at my destination. When I'm running late for the bus, I want the bus driver to be compassionate and stop for me. But the thing is, do we ever take into account the other people on the bus? When we're running, do we take into account the people sitting on the bus? When we're sitting on the bus, do we take into account the people running on the bus? Even though we've been in their shoes before. No, we don't. Because we think life is going to revolve around us and life needs to stop, wait, pause, jump, fly, whenever we want to suit our own agenda. You're not the only person in the world. And life doesn't just stop moving for you. So don't get annoyed during times where you feel like you're drowning yet everyone else seems to be swimming smoothly. It's kind of like a paradox, like you are a single human being in the world and you're both simultaneously so important because there's so much you can do to, you can impact people's lives. You as an individual are so important, 
but at the same time you're so irrelevant in the grand scheme of things because no one can ever be remembered forever and that still doesn't invalidate the impact that we all have the potential to make on the world but we still know that a time will come where no one will remember us that we are just insignificant specks of life on this planet it sounds so sad but it's like a paradox it's so important yet we're so not important at the same time and I guess having that in your head will really help you in situations where you feel like everybody is getting on with their lives everyone's achieving what they want but you're still stuck in one place and you get frustrated like I'm feeling really sad demotivated but life just seems to be moving on for everyone. Why won't it stop and give me time to get my bearings, pick up my load and like get back on the path? But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. That is not the life we live. Life does not stop for you just because you're in a hard place. And coming to that realization is something that is really, really, really hard because maybe because of the way we're, a lot of us have brought up and things like that, or when we're surrounded by really good friends and people around us who whenever we're going through something sacrifice, and try to help us back up. But when you start getting into the real world, that idea of no one owes you anything, no one even owes you kindness, that kindness is just like the cream of the coffee. I don't know if that's an idiom or a metaphor, I don't know. That kindness isn't guaranteed. Kindness isn't something we're entitled to. It sounds so bad, but no one is entitled to be kind to you. Everybody can act however they want. And then when you start realising that just because you're struggling doesn't mean everyone has to stop. And some people might even just, a lot of people just carry on going ahead of you. So I once saw this quote and it was like, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And I thought that how we could link it to life goes on. Think less of what I can do for me and more of what I can do for others. That is something that really helps me when I feel like things are getting tough, life is not being the best for me, why is life being so harsh to me, why is everybody still moving on, why am I, you know, when you get into that spiral of just self-pity, like, why, I've said it in a podcast before, why is this happening to me, why not you, what exempts you from hardship, what exempts you from struggle, so rather than always focusing the narrative on me, 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 switch it to what you can do for others, and I told you in a previous podcast episode, I don't like to believe in coincidences or I don't like to invalidate things that present themselves as coincidences. But I'm also aware of the fact that once you become aware of a certain topic, you start to see it everywhere. Like once you notice the colour red, everywhere you go, you're seeing red everywhere. Does that mean that it's a sign that red is what you're supposed to wear today? No, it's just the fact that you've chosen to pay attention to red. And now the sensory stimuli in your environment, because of that attention, it's now being picked up on and transferred to short-term memory. I do psychology, mate, so I'll be bringing in all of these facts and statistics. You know me, come on. Anyways, so I just opened my phone like right before I was going to film this episode, record, And then I get a quote from one of my little motivational apps that I'd never open. And it's like, Gandhi once said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And it links to what I'm saying now. Whenever you feel like life is just beating you black and blue, try and look up what you can do for others. And it just sounds so counterintuitive. Is that the word? Like, it doesn't make sense. I'm struggling, therefore I should spend more time on myself, right? And you're telling me to use the little energy I have for others. But service to others and gratitude are two of the best remedies 
for a broken heart, like a bitter heart, an annoyed heart, okay? Trust me, it works a lot. But you just have to get your intention right. You can't say I'm going to serve others, I'm going to do good things for others as a way to fuel your ego or as a way to puff up pride or to make yourself feel better than other people. It has to come from a place of genuity. And that's really hard. I'd like to make a podcast episode on that. Like when people say be genuine, how do you become genuine? People often say like, be genuine, don't be fake. But if you are so used to being fake, how do you find that place of genuity? How do you not be performative? It matters. Like You know that this movement, this social movement already reshapes society, but you're stuck in that realm of performativity, like you're doing it because of peer pressure, not because you actually care about that. And you want to care about the issue, but you just don't. How do you get to that place of genuineness? I would say, to think off the top of my head, is research. I find books are great, great, great tools when it comes to wanting to genuinely empathise with someone, especially things that are written narrative fiction. Because as you follow that character, you develop relationships with them, you understand their thoughts and what they go through. And it's easier for you to internalise concepts that are attached to a narrative and an individual person. So I was watching a TED Talk once and I was talking about data and how just giving people stats, statistics, numbers, Excel charts won't really change their perspectives on issues unless you attach it to a story. When you attach things to a story, to a real human being affected by this issue, rather than just statistics of how many students drop out because of depression, why don't you get someone to share their story or create a story of something and everything they went through during that hard time in university? People are more likely to resonate, internalise, empathise with what you're showing them. So my off the topic, off the topic, what is going on? My off the head, like just what I'm thinking now, answer to how do you become more genuine in terms of servitude to others would be to really immerse yourself in the struggles of others, whether that be through reading fiction, watching YouTube videos, listening to people talk about what they're going through, researching that topic, immerse yourself in the data and the stories relating to those issues. And I believe that naturally, as you connect yourself to what other people are going through, you will find it easier to be more empathetic and genuine in your servitude to others. Okay, so I've heard, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yes, (laughs) why does this happen in so many podcast episodes? This is the thing, I go on so many tangents. I don't know whether or not I should focus on this. Sorry, my brain is doing X, Y, and Z. I don't know whether or not I should focus on being more informative and formal or being more genuine, a key terminology, and just the way I am. Because I know there's a time and a place and there's a target audience and I haven't decided whether or not this podcast is going to be humorous, relaxed, chill, or going to be more informative and educational. And sure, both of them can coexist at the same time, but it's a bit switchy-switchy. Like, you could listen to one episode and be like, oh, I like this, you know, she's really formal, she's got good advice. And then the next episode, you're like, what is this girl talking about? She's going up and down. So I really don't know. And these are, this is my first year. I started this podcast, I don't even know when I started it. I was going to say April, but that was my YouTube channel, April 2019 or 2020. April 2020 was when I started my YouTube channel. So I probably started this podcast maybe a few months ago. And I'm still in the process of getting my bearings and finding out who exactly I want to be on this podcast, what side of myself I want to project. But for now, I'm going to focus on being genuine and I will refine to 
cater to the viewers of this podcast as I go on. Or maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll just be myself and attract people who are tolerant of my ramples. I believe there is some, like, I don't want to say credibility. There's some gold in what I'm saying. Even if you've got, like, dig through layers of mud, there's something there that will minister to you, hopefully. So, yeah. Back to humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less to serve others. I've heard that the human purpose is to serve others, and that's where the greatest fulfillment comes from. You know, when you spend a lot of time reading self-help, I don't want to brag, but during lockdown, I was like, self-help book, self-help book, self-help book. Listening to podcasts, self-help podcasts, self-help podcasts, self-help blog, self-help blog, and a recurring theme, serve others, serve others, serve others. And I'm not a stranger from servitude to others, and I'm not also not a stranger from selfishness, you know. I've seen the best of both worlds. And when you make an impact in someone's life, it does make you feel good, you know. Because just constantly serving yourself can get quite boring, but making an effort to help other people does give you a sense of fulfillment. Especially when, as I spoke about before, you don't like to see other people struggle, you can empathise. Where that empathy comes in, it's like you actually feel bad watching other people struggle. And that is what makes incentivize. I don't want to say incentivize, because that just gives me economics vibes. And it feels very like mechanical, like you feel prompted, you are prompted to help that person because you can empathize with them and that is what servitude does it allows you to help other people from a place of love and care but as i mentioned before it's all about the intention you can't serve others with a prideful heart as doing so will just end in shambles legit because you'll start getting angry when no one notices your good deeds or you'll start using your generosity as fuel for your ego pride is one of the strongest enemies you may face in your life I'm not even capping here. I'm not even lying. The battle between humility and pride is hard, incredibly hard. And the thing about pride is it's directly proportional to success. The higher you climb, the more successful, ambitious, the more achievements you get, the bigger the enemy of pride. It's hard. And one of the sneaky things about pride is you don't always notice you're battling pride you could just think, because in society it's dubbed as like self-confidence or being self-aware or acknowledging your strengths, you know, but at the end of the day it's pride. Anything that credits everything you do to your own hard work, your own self, like you are above other people, that over glorification of your own works, that's just in excess. Of course, pat yourself on the back, I did something good, but dwelling on your achievements to the extent where you are getting you know, you're just getting too puff puff for your big, yeah, what? Sorry, as Stormzy said, so I wouldn't say you're getting too puffed up and you're getting too big for your beats. I don't know why I'm mixing up phrases. But yeah, as Stormzy says, you're getting too big for your beats. So pride is a big enemy that you are going to have to face. I'm telling you now, the way pride can sneak in on you, like, oh, I know myself, I'm able to do this. I know myself, I can do this. And then it progresses from knowing your strengths to overemphasizing your strengths and then projecting your sense of superiority onto other people and it's just a downhill. Like pride is a great tower, an inevitable fall. And the thing is, there's the fall from grace and the fall from pride. 
And a lot of times pride can instill, induce, I mean, the fall from grace. As you get higher up, pride can make you trip up. And then because of your pride, when you fall, it's going to hurt bad. Like, the amount of shame, embarrassment you'll feel is going to hurt bad. And prideful people, they're ten- extremely prideful people, aren't exactly the nicest people to be around. So you'll have a lot of haters anyway. They're called, look at him, he thought he was all big. Now look at him, he's down here. So pride, you just don't even want to be anywhere near pride at all. A great exercise to adopt on your route to humility is to acknowledge the ever-moving nature of life and to decide not to be left behind in your despair, in your anger, in your jealousy, in your discontentment. Discontentment is a big thing. I spoke about it in a recent podcast episode, that need to compare yourself to other people Social media this, social media that. Social media is almost the culprit of every antagonist in all my podcast episodes. Social media kind of fuels that feeling of discontentment. There's always something better. Sorry, this podcast episode, I've mixed up my words severally. There's always something bigger, something better, something nicer for you to strive for, for you to compare yourself with. And it really fuels this feeling of discontentment. And discontentment is horrible because you never feel content. And it's hard to be to show gratitude, which I've spoken about before, is a combat, a weapon against despair, low mood. Gratitude can really take you out of darker spaces. And if you're constantly discontent, never content, it's hard to show gratitude. And no one likes to be around an ungrateful friend. I'm telling you, sometimes ungrateful friends, it annoys me. You fail to acknowledge all the wonderful things around you, the things people are doing for you, the support you have, always striving for more, for more, for more. And if you are never content, no matter how much you have, it will never be enough. And you are living in a state of perpetual despair because you always feel like there's something greater that you can have. And I'm actually reading a book. Let me look for the title of the book. I think it's called, like, How to Be Miserable. Yeah, basically it's a book, a guide on how to be miserable written by a psychologist who dealt with like low mood disorders and things like that and he's just saying like this is a step-by-step guide if you want to be miserable for the rest of your life follow all the things in this book and I'm reading it and it's like reverse psychology and what's really funny is you see that in a lot of the stuff that they're saying it shows parallels to your life and the author was saying one time he well what he used to do with his patients was he would be like describe to me he would quiz them on like their life their eating habits, their social life, their work, how much exercise they get, how much fresh air they get, how much time they spend doing recreational stuff. And then he said, if I were to give a random person your life and they lived out your life every day for a whole month, how would they feel? And most people would be like, they would be depressed. Because sure, the past experiences you went through, like bullying or loss of a family member or health issue, they did contribute to your situation now. But the habits you adopt in terms of your lifestyle are what continue that state of low mood, those feelings of depression. And if you would change the way you think, what you eat, how much sleep you get, how much activity you get, how much time you spend with people who you care about, you would change the way you feel. And there's a lot of power in our day-to-day actions and how they affect who we become, our lifestyle and how we feel. So basically what I'm saying is, what am I saying? (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm not even going to apologise because it's fine. Like, I got my COVID vaccine yesterday and I'm not going to lie, like, I've been a bit mm -mm -mm, up and down. 
I know what I'm saying. This is so unprofessional. And you know what? I think I've come to my conclusion. This is not going to be a professional podcast because it's just not in me to talk for long periods of times without getting paid. If you're paying me, I can do it. <laughs> if you pay anyone the right amount, they can do what you're asking them to do. That's one thing. If you give them what you want. Another thing from web teams is like how to get people to join your team, like just appeal to their interests and look at what they need. It was in one of Robert Greene's books. He was like, if you just, everybody has something they're searching for. If you find it and propose it to them, you can really get people on your side. Anyways, I said, this is not going to be a formal podcast because it's just, <laughs> if I start doing formal, there's going to be no humour. And people have told me that they listen to our podcast episodes, they're laughing. And I don't even intend for you to laugh. I just keep messing up. But this is not a mess up. It's a relieval of tension. You know, I told you this podcast is like mental relief for me. I can just splurge. Anyways, so let's repeat that. A great exercise to adopt on your route to humility is to acknowledge the ever-moving nature of life. It's like a stream, always flowing. And you can decide not to be left behind in your despair, your anger, your jealousy, your discontentment, but rather to move with the flowing stream of life in pursuit of something great, something that will impact others, not doing so for the sake of your ego, but rather to serve others in acts of kindness because life is too short to live in a state of perpetual negativity. Regardless of your emotional state, life will go on. And that is basically, I love to end off podcast episodes with a summary of what I've tried to say through the 20 minutes I've been rambling. That is it. That is what I wanted to say. Life will go on. You are not the main character of everyone else's story. You are going through hardships, but you don't have to stay there. You can change your daily habits and find a way out of there. Just because you've been placed in a certain part of the flowing stream of life doesn't mean you're not able to swim with the current. Doesn't mean you're not able to help pull others out of their hard places. Essentially what I'm saying is life will always go on and you can choose to be feeling crappy and bummy. Sorry, apparently crap is a bad word. You know, you've done something new. My little brother, every time I say it, he's like, that is a bad word. I'm like, it's not. Anyway, you can choose to be feeling like trash it's hard to come to that realisation that I actually have control over how I feel. Yeah, life threw something really rubbish at me, but am I going to take it? Am I going to let it cripple me? Because life is short. I'm telling you now, I do not want to get to my deathbed and be like, damn, I really lived a rubbish life. I don't want to say that because of what happened to me five years ago. I let it set me back for 15 years of my life. To me, that's an insult to me because life is short. I cannot be asked to be doing up sadness for too long. And it's something that I really had to apply to my day-to-day life. That it's so easy to get wrapped into that realm of low mood and sadness. And I really had to pull myself out of it. It's like, you are wasting time. You are burning time by the minute. I was reading this book and it was like, in a world, I love fantasy books and fantasy web novels. You know, action and fantasy. If they're merged together, I'm like, yes. And it was in a dystopian world where you could, blood was currency. So you would take out blood and it would be the blood coins would signify your the years that you're alive, basically. So if I want to pay for my rent, my rent, the yearly rent is two years of my life. But you can also ingest blood coins, which will add years to your life as well. But basically, it was playing around with that concept that life, the actions that we make day to day, affect how long we live that as these people are bleeding away 
years of their life to pay for their lavish lifestyle. It's like as we bleed away years from our life by eating rubbish, by not getting enough fresh air, by not doing the things we love. And also remember that there's the time you're alive and there's the time you're living. You could live to 90, but you spent 40 of those years feeling so rubbish, not spending a lot of time with family, doing spending time in a job that you hated. So remember, there's time that you're living and there's time that you're alive and choose to live. Come on, because you only live, get this life once. And I ain't trying to waste it. Time is the most valuable resource, yet we waste it away, that like we, we spread out, flash it. I don't know what I'm talking about, but do you get me? Like, just spreading out. You know people like, make it rain with money. That's what we do with our life. That like we treat a year of our life like it's a 1p coin or even less than that. Don't give away your time so carelessly. Be more intentional with how you use your time and use it in the servitude of others. That is the majority of what I want to say. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning into this podcast episode. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Check out my Instagram page, Wash Day Talks, all one word on Instagram. Like, the posts, comment and follow. And I will be doing a Q&A soon, hopefully, so you can DM questions anytime you like. And bye, stay peaced, stay chill. <laughs> all right, bye, guys.